And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Talk to you today on the subject of how to have an excellent spirit, how to have an excellent spirit and be a go-to person. Don't you like to know who the go-to people are? Because those are the people that come through. Those are the people that make things happen. Those are the people that make life worth living at times. Daniel chapter 5, verse 12, we'll first read out of the message translation. It says, and, and this is the queen mother. Nebuchadnezzar was the first king that Daniel came up under. And then Daniel also served under his son, Belshazzar. And so in this verse of scripture, Belshazzar has a problem, and Belshazzar's mom, the queen mother, is telling him about Daniel. Here's what she has to say about him. There was no one quite like him. He could do anything, interpret dreams, solve mysteries, explain puzzles. His name is Daniel, but he was renamed Belshazzar by the king. Have Daniel called in, he will tell you what to do. Isn't it good when you're, you, you don't know what to do that you know who to call? He says, you call Daniel. He'll, he, he'll tell you what's going on here. Now let's look at it from the New King James Version. It says, inasmuch as an excellent spirit. Everybody say excellent spirit. Excellent. Say it one more time. Excellent spirit. Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining en enigmas, an enigma is a mystery, okay? Explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. Now, there are four things I want to point out to you about Daniel. Number one, Daniel had an excellent spirit. Look at that. Inasmuch as an excellent spirit was in Daniel's life. Not only that, but he was excelled in knowledge and in understanding. Not only that, but he applied the anointings and the gifts and the talents that were in his life. He he would interpret dreams, he would solve middle riddles, he would explain mysteries, he had an anointing in his life and he had ability. See, number four, Daniel was a go-to guy. He came up with solutions to problems. It's really good to have uh, Joyce Lingerfelt's mom and dad with us today from Gastonia, North Carolina, Walter and Phyllis Grant. Just good to have the Grants with us. I told them I was just in Gastonia two weeks ago on 321, passing through, headed up to the mountains. Thank you for loaning your children to us and your, and your grandson as well. Well, today is the 15th day of our 21-day Daniel fast. Today is day 15, and I don't know if you're participating in the entire 21 days or if you've taken three days or you're doing lunchtime, whatever, whatever works for you. Because fasting and prayer doesn't change God, doesn't change His Word, but it changes me. It changes the way I look at things. It changes what's going on in my life. So today's day 15. One of the things that I am praying for, and I prayed for it for many years, is God, would you give me an excellent spirit? Would you give me, the New Living Translation says that Daniel had an extraordinary spirit. 
Somewhere, somewhere I heard that that word extraordinary refers, it's an old English word, and it refers to a, a group of rocks that are lying together, and one of them juts out. One of them grabs your attention. When somebody has an extraordinary spirit, they grab your attention. Now, Edwin Lewis Cole, some of you know Dr. Cole. He helped start the Promise Keepers movements. Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, he said something, and I want to put it up on, on the screen. Here he is. He said, don't pray for opportunities. Opportunities are going to come. He said, pray that you'll be ready when the opportunities come. See, that's the thing about Daniel. The reason we know he had an excellent spirit is because Daniel was ready when the opportunities came. I think about some of the people in history. I think about Christopher Columbus. You know, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Portugal, they sent Christopher Columbus out for one purpose. That was to discover gold. But Christopher Columbus didn't discover gold. Christopher Columbus came upon the new world and he's credited whether or not he was the first European or not, we don't know, but he is credited with discovering what we call the new world. However, to the day until his death, Christopher Columbus felt like a failure because Christopher Columbus never found gold. He just found a new land and he didn't know how important that really was. I think about ice skater who's also a committed Christian, Scott Hamilton. Scott Hamilton grew up, his parents put him in a pair of ice skates and they put him on the ice when he was young. What they didn't know is that Scott Hamilton had a brain tumor and that brain tumor stunted his growth. And so he wasn't very tall, but he was, a, he was wonderful on skates. And yet the day came that Scott Hamilton couldn't afford to continue his training and a couple came forward and said, we will sponsor you. And Scott Hamilton made the most of his opportunity because he got a gold medal for the United States. Dear ones, if you and I are going to have an excellent spirit, if we're going to have an extraordinary spirit, then we've got to look at problems as opportunities. See, when I was a young pastor and I would run into problems, I would get on the phone with my dad. My dad is a, a prayer warrior. My dad was an evangelist. My dad's got a prophetic side to his ministry. And I would call him because he prayed as good as anybody I knew. And I would say, Dad, I got this problem and I got that problem. And I'd go into detail. And he would listen to me for a while. And I said, Dad, I need you to pray. And he would pray. But here's what he would also say. He'd say, number one, son, looks like this is a great opportunity to trust God. It's another opportunity to use your faith. Turn to somebody and tell them, you've got some opportunities to use your faith. <laughs> Not only that, but dad would then ask, he said, son, what does Romans 8.31 say? Let's look at Romans 8.31. Read it aloud with me, everybody together. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He'd say, son, what does Romans 8.31 say? And I would kind of, well, if God be for me, who can be against me? <laughs> son, what does that say? And he would keep asking until I gave it to him loud and clear. And then he would ask a third question. He would say, son, what does Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 say? Read this aloud and loudly with me. For you have need of endurance or patience so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise 
He said, these problems are not going to last, son, but you're going to persevere through them, and you're not going to run away from them. You're going to run to them. You have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And then he would exhort me and say, son, you just need to learn to persevere in faith and believe God because he's working at on and on behalf of your life. You know, as I look back over the years, I see many of the testing times that I've gone through have really been opportunities for growth, opportunities to become more like Jesus. And you know, I came to value a scripture out of Colossians chapter 3. I want to share it with you. It's Colossians 3 verse 23. Paul writes, he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Dear ones, I would read that and I would realize, hey, I'm not just working for a paycheck. I'm not just working. You say, yeah, you're a pastor. Well, you may sell insurance or you may be a teacher or an administrator or, or, or you may be a, in the building business, whatever. Dear ones, you're not just working for yourself. This scripture says that we're to work as unto the Lord with all our heart, not for human masters. That's what Daniel did. Daniel worked hard with all his heart, and he was consistently promoted. If you'll study his life, you'll find Daniel was promoted under the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar. And then again, Dave, Daniel was promoted under the kingship of Belshazzar. And then third, he was promoted under the reign of King Darius. In fact, it was Darius. There was a, a political plot. They were going to impeach Daniel. And they threw him into the lion's den. And the king did not want it to happen. And you'll remember he fasted and prayed all night long. And early the next morning, he went over to the lion's den. He says, oh, Daniel, has your God saved you? And Daniel said, long live the king. Yes, my God has shut the lion's mouths. And they got Daniel out of that pit. And they took the men who had conspired against him and all their families and they threw them in the pit and the bible says that the lions devoured them before they even hit the ground dear ones daniel had an excellent spirit to have an excellent spirit means that you're willing to go the first mile and do what's expected of you but then it also means you're willing to go the second mile and the third mile and the fourth mile See, Daniel not only had an excellent spirit, but he had developed his knowledge and his understanding and his wisdom. Look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 10 with me. Proverbs 8, verse 10 says, Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. Proverbs 23, 12 says, Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Proverbs 4, verse 7 says, The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. It may be costly. It may require some early mornings and some late nights. It may require some self-sacrifice. But you get wisdom and you get understanding. Proverbs 20, verse 15 says, Gold there is and rubies in abundance, but lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel look at what god says about the person who has an excellent spirit the man or the woman who has an excellent spirit and understanding acknowledge in proverbs chapter 20 22 verse 29 
It says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. The King James Version says, he will not stand before mean men. How many of you just have about had it with mean people? Amen. I don't want to work for another mean person. I don't want my boss to be mean. I'm going to tell you, if you will purpose in your heart, I don't care if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're 15 or if you're, if you're 75 today, if you'll purpose in your heart, I'm going to be a person, I'm going to have an excellent spirit. I'm going to be a person of understanding and knowledge and wisdom. I'm dear ones, I'm telling you, wisdom will elevate you. It'll promote you. Now, let me share with you five steps to developing your abilities. These are take-home things. Number one, step one, use what you have. Don't focus on what you don't have. Don't focus on somebody else's skills and giftings. Don't say, I wish I was like this person or like that person. Don't feel sorry for yourself, but use what you have because you have some unique talents and some unique abilities and you have a unique anointing in your own life. And dear ones, you've got to figure out what that is and then you need to do it with all your heart. I've got a friend, his son was struggling in school to read. He was 14 years of age and he came home one day and he said, Dad, he says, the kids and the teachers are mocking me and making fun of me every time I try to read what the family didn't know. And this was some years ago, they didn't have all the educational testing like we do today, is that the boy was severely dyslexic. And dyslex- dyslexia is a, is, a, is a broad term. It can mean a lot of, it can just mean just a, a problem with reading, or it can mean that you see your letters backwards. And in this case, this young man was seeing every letter backwards. And his dad prayed about it. He took his, he took his son fishing one day and said, son, What is it that you really enjoy doing? What makes you happy inside? He said, Dad, I love to work with my hands. His dad had a friend who owned an auto body shop. And he took his son over to meet his friend. He said, said, son, we've arranged for you to do an apprenticeship here. You're going to be paid a few dollars an hour, but you're really just going to work and you're going to serve. And son, I want you to do your work as unto the Lord. That boy began working in that auto body shop, and I'm happy to stand here today and tell you that was years ago. And today, that young man still doesn't read so good, but he owns his own auto body repair business, and he's worth a lot of money, and he does real good because he found where his skills and his abilities lie, and he began to work at it with all his heart. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 25, verse 29. He said, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given let's stop right there for those who use well what they are given you have been given certain abilities you've been given certain skills you have a certain anointing in your life you don't want to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day and say well Lord I just I just didn't feel like my skills and my abilities and my anointings were like other people's therefore I went and hit them in the ground no 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 you want to use what you have hallelujah some of you have an anointing to pray some of you have a prophetic edge in your life and for you it's pray or perish because if you don't pray you get critical turn to somebody say he might be preaching to you you need to use what you've got you got to press in especially these days of prayer and fasting your flesh will fight you 
There are demonic spirits that will fight you, but if you'll just press on, I'm going to press towards the mark of the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I tell myself that many times. You know, I I got up early this morning at 5.30. Kathy was in in our den face down on the floor, crying out to God, praying in other tongues and and praying in their understanding and just pressing into God. And she said, Terrell, I woke up at five o'clock and I just felt like I had to pray. Well, dear ones, that's a gift of God that's inside her. And the Bible says a man's gift, a woman's gift will make a place for them. But there are also gifts of understanding and gifts of wisdom and gifts of knowledge To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, from those who do nothing, nothing is sadder than to go through life and do nothing. Boy, that was a great rerun of Andy Griffith, wasn't it? That was a great rerun of hee-haw. Gloom, despair. Agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for reruns, I'd have nothing to do. You don't want to do that. Life's short. Invest in yourself. Stir up the gift of God that's within you. Hallelujah. Step number two. Remember, these are five steps to developing your ability. Step number one, use what you have. Don't use what you don't have. Don't focus on what you don't have. Step two, embrace new stretching opportunities, responsibilities, and challenges. Don't shy away from them. Run toward them. I love the story in 1 Samuel 17 of David getting on the battlefield with Goliath. You see, everybody else, all the other Israeli soldiers, they saw Goliath as an obstacle and they were running from him. But David ran to him. David ran to his problem. And as he ran, I'm not sure he had totally thought through what he was going to do. But he had one of those five smooth stones that he put in his sling. And here he is running and he releases it and it goes right to the one place. Dear ones, I'm telling you, an angel of God had to direct that stone because the man's covered in body armor. The only place he's not covered is right here on his forehead where his helmet had come down. There was an empty spot and David hit that spot. And you'll remember the giant hit the ground and David grabbed his sword and that was the end of Goliath. See, Daniel had an excellent spirit. Daniel ran towards the problems, not away from them. Step number three. How do you develop the gift of God that's within you? How do you develop your gifts? You practice, you practice, and you practice some more. You've got to engage in the legwork of learning because practice makes perfect. And how you practice is how you're going to play. I love to play golf. I am not a great golfer. One day, you mark my word, if Jesus tarries, one day I'm going to be a scratch golfer. I'm going to be able to score in the low 70s. I don't do that now. In golf, the higher the score, the worse it is, okay? And I score in the high 80s and in the 90s. 
One of the reasons is because I don't have time to practice. I play on Fridays my day off, but I have only played once even since Christmas. Now I'm always working on something. I'm always, always trying to improve. Right now, I'm working on keeping my core quiet when I address the ball. See, when you play baseball, you, your core can just be moving all around and you can hit the ball and do whatever you need to do. But in golf, you got to keep your core quiet. And that means you got to not lean back on your right foot, but you're supposed to be leaning on your left foot and putting your weight on your left foot and coming through like this and following through. I keep working on it, but it's practice that makes perfect. And one day, one day, I'm going to be a great golfer, <laughs> but not until I practice some more. When I was a young pastor, I used to be so frustrated because I couldn't seem to give an altar call that moved anybody. Oh, I'd get so frustrated. So I finally had this bright idea. I began to record Billy Graham's altar calls. And I recorded John Haggie's altar calls. And I recorded Rodney Howard Brown's altar calls and other people. And I wrote them down. And I would drive down the road in my car saying, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. No movement at this moment. In the quietness of this moment, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that heaven can be your home? Man, I just practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. Dear ones, I remember when I first started preaching, I didn't know how to preach. My word, my, one of my first sermons was at a little country church up in North Georgia. And I told those people everything I knew and more. That's dangerous. After five minutes, I turned the pulpit back to the pastor, and he got up, and he didn't know what to do because I left him hanging. So he had a testimony service, and I've told you before, this old farmer got up, and he talked, I timed him. He talked 17 minutes about his cows having the Blackfoot disease. I never thinking, I went out of that church crying that night saying, God, he can talk 17 minutes about his cows, and I can't even preach your word. But I'll tell you what I learned to do. I learned... I'd get, I'd get an ironing board, and that was my pulpit, and I'd practice, practice, practice. Dear ones, I'm telling you, apply yourself. Find that area that you're going you're gonna to major in in life, and don't get something that you don't like. I've got a friend. He's a pastor. He loves to pastor, but he hates to counsel people. He just hates it. So you know what he did? He went out and got a PhD in psychology and counseling. Here's the only problem. He now has a PhD in psychology, but he still hates to counsel people because he majored in an area that wasn't a strength. You've got strengths in your life. You need to major where your strengths are. Somebody say hallelujah. Step number four. In fact, let, let, let me just say this. If you're a singer, you need to practice. Amen. Don't just go from Wednesday night to Sunday morning and just jump up here and grab a microphone and assume it's going to sound good. Some of us are listening. <laughs> practice. Practice. If you're an usher, if you're a greeter, if you work in guest services, if you work in the coffee ministry, you need to 
practice your people skills. You need to read about how to have better people skills because you're in the people ministry. You're in the people business. Nobody likes to come in and find an usher that's mad and angry. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Go to the church down the road. <laughs> that doesn't work. See, Daniel had an excellent spirit. We've all got a spirit about us. And some people have a spirit that attracts people. And some people have a spirit that repels people. And you see, on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, when the church comes together at other special times, I bring the spirit that I have in my life, and you bring the spirit that you have in your life. And we all come together. And dear ones, we want to have an excellent spirit. We want to have a Christ-like spirit. We want to have a, a spirit that attracts and doesn't repel. We want to have a life-giving spirit. We want to offer hope. We want to offer, offer hope in the midst of darkness and despair. We want to be an encouragement and not a discouragement. Hallelujah. Step number four, pay attention to good examples and teachers. They're all around us. Now, there are bad examples and bad teachers around too. But when you find a good example, when you find a good teacher, then pay attention. See, I, I think about Joseph when he was locked up in that prison in Egypt. I think about Joseph. He was never raised to be in an Egyptian prison, man. He was a prince. His daddy had given him a coat of many colors. It was worth lots and lots of money, and now he finds himself in a prison. He was raised to, to rule and to be a, a, a tremendous steward. Potiphar even figured that out. But now he's in prison. But I believe that Joseph began watching the way they did things even in prison. He began watching how the warden led things and made things happen and Joseph learned see he made that a laboratory you may be in a job you hate you may be in a situation you can't stand here's the deal guys you need to make where you are a laboratory because everybody can learn something from everything so I'm going to make this a laboratory I don't intend to stay here forever. Joseph made it a laboratory. It wasn't long before he became the head trustee. In fact, the warden wasn't even watching what was going on. He gave Joseph everything. He was, he was administrating everything going on in that prison. And then it wasn't long before Joseph was taken out of the prison. And he becomes the number two man in Egypt. See, he was ready when opportunity came his way. When opportunity came, he didn't say, oh, oh wait, wait a minute, oh, Pharaoh, I, I don't know if I'm quite ready for this. He was ready. You never know when opportunity is going to come knocking at your door. Step number five, never give anything less than your best. Be a second mile person. When someone asks you to clean a room, don't just clean the room. Don't just pick up a little bit here and there. You go ahead and clean the bathroom too. You go ahead and go the extra mile. I know it's getting quiet in here. When the leader comes back, let them be amazed at what a great job you've done. You know, when I first started out in ministry, Kathy and I were over in St. Augustine at Trinity Chapel, and I had the lofty title of associate pastor. Let me tell you what that meant in our setting. 
I was the only other pastor besides the senior pastor, and that meant that I was the youth pastor. Kathy worked with the children. I was the worship pastor. And sometimes I cleaned bathrooms and toilets. Now, folks, I don't like to clean toilets. That is not my gifting. But the Bible says, whatever you're doing, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. And I learned to clean toilets. And I learned to make them sparkle. Not because I enjoyed them. Sometimes I had to watch my heart that I wasn't, I wasn't complaining. But I learned to do it because I never wanted my senior pastor to come back and say, why are the toilets in such bad shape? I wanted to do it as unto the Lord. Dear ones, Daniel was a problem solver. There's four kinds of people in this whole world. First, there are producers. There are people that produce problems. Everywhere they go, they're going to produce a problem. Everywhere they go, they're going to create some drama. Everywhere they go, they're going to find fault with some people. Everywhere they go, there's going to be a firestorm. They're problem people. They're just the way they are in the world. And there's, I don't have time to get into why they're that way, but some people are that way. Number two, there are identifiers. There are people that are really, really good at identifying problems. Yeah, I see that problem over there, and I see that problem over there. It's kind of like the, the lady that came to me one day and said, Pastor, you won't believe this, but we've got a problem in this church. And I smiled real big. I said, we do? I listened to her, and I said, my dear, for every problem you can identify, I can name about 50. It doesn't take a skill to identify a problem. Number three, there are some people that are complainers. They're individuals. They don't go around causing problems. But I'll tell you what they do. When they see the problem, they're going to bellyache about it. When they see the problem, they're going to complain about it. They're going to grumble about the problem. That's what happened with the 10 spies in Numbers chapter 13. You remember Moses sent out Joshua and Caleb and 10 other spies and they saw the walled cities and they saw the giants and they saw the problems and they came back grumble, 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 grumble. But the Bible says that Joshua and Caleb, they're the only ones that made it through to the promised land of that generation because the Bible puts it this way. He says, Caleb had a different spirit. Again, you and I have got a spirit about our lives. You can have a spirit, you know, literally your spirit is that, which, that part of you which is eternal. It's that part of you that's born again. It's that part of you where Jesus comes to live inside you. But your spirit comes out out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and you just hang around a person for a while, and you can tell what kind of spirit they've got. There are some people I want to hang out with because they're lifting me up and they're challenging me and they're strengthening me. And there's some people that, well, time out. Because some people are complainers and then there are problem solvers. Don't be a problem producer, amen? 
Do not be a problem producer. Do not just be a problem identifier. Don't be a problem complainer, but be a problem solver. Have an excellent spirit and and go into your environment, wherever you are, and break open those problems and say, you know what? This is a difficult situation, but I just believe that God can make a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. Yeah, I know that Red Sea looks tough, but I believe that God can make his wind blow on that Red Sea and part that Red Sea. I believe that God can come through. Amen? Amen. See, the Hebrew word for solve literally means to untangle. Have you ever tried to untangle a rope? You ever taken a knotty problem and tried to untangle it? That's what Daniel did. He came upon problems and he helped to untangle them. Dear ones, I'm telling you, the world will pay precious money for people who know how to go into corporations and help them untangle their problems. Charles Schwab, the industrialist who started the investment company, he once said, I'll pay more for the person who can get along with other people and help untangle problems than I will for anybody else. Daniel had an excellent spirit When they had a problem in the kingdom of Babylon, who did they call? They called Babylon. I just want to prophesy to you for a minute. I just believe some of you are school teachers. Some of you are an administrator. Some of you work for state government. I just believe that some of you are in the private sector. I just believe God is raising you up. God is raising you up to have an excellent spirit and you're going to stick up in an extraordinary way, not in a bad way. How many know people that cause problems stick up too? That's not what we want. But you're going to stick up. People are going to take notice. I want to be around that man. I want to be around that woman because they've got wisdom and they've got an anointing that destroys the yokes of bondage. And they're like the sons of Issachar. They've got an understanding of the times and they know what we should do. And they know how to resolve naughty problems. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Please, nobody walking around. Nobody talking right now. Unless you've got an appointment, just just hang in here with us. It's not going to be that much longer. Just hang in here with us unless you've got an appointment. You'd say, Pastor Terrell, I want to be like Daniel. I want to have an excellent spirit. I want to be a person of understanding and knowledge. I want to be a person of wisdom. I want to be a person where the anointing of the Holy Spirit works in my life. For whatever your chosen vocation is, where the anointing of the Holy Spirit makes me extraordinary. If you'd say, that's me, Pastor, then I'm going to ask you to come right down here and let us pray with you. Because I believe that God will hear and answer your prayer. But you've just got to say, Lord, that's me. I want to have that extraordinary spirit. God, I want to have an excellent spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just tell the person beside you, excuse me, I just want to just get past you real quick. I want to have that excellent spirit. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we've been doing this Daniel fast, I've been meditating in Daniel chapter 1 and throughout the book, but especially in chapter 10, 
where again, there's a 21-day fast. That's where we get the concept of the 21-day fast. Lord God, I want to have this excellent spirit working inside me. God, I want to stand out. See, the Bible says that when a man's or a woman's ways please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Don't forget that scripture out of Proverbs 22 that says, do you see a person skilled in their work? They'll stand before princes. They'll not stand before mean men. Do you see a person who brings value to the company? Do you see a person that brings value to the department, that brings value to the school, that brings value to the business? They'll stand before kings. They'll not stand before princes. Brother Scott mentioned earlier that you have an open heaven over your life. As we bring the tithe into the storehouse, God opens up the windows of heaven and he pours out a blessing there's not room enough to receive. I want you to see yourself in the year 2020 walking with an open heaven over your life. I want you to see the favor of God working in your life. I want you to see God doing exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. Your best days are not behind you, they are ahead of you. You, you may be a young person and you may be somebody on the, on the edge of retirement today, but I'm telling you, God is at work. God is at work. And it's never too late to say, Jesus, I want to be a person of excellence. God, I want to serve your purposes in my generation. Now again, with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, nobody moving, let me just ask you, do you have the assurance in your heart that if you died today, that you would wake up in heaven? Do you have the assurance in your heart that if you died this day, that you'd wake up in heaven? Do you know that you know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says that our sins separate us from God. Maybe that you've known the Lord, maybe you've walked with Him, but you've lost fellowship with Him. Maybe you've been through some tough times. Maybe people have treated you really nasty. Maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've lost loved ones. Today's a good day to say, I want to follow Jesus with all my heart. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you'd say, Terrell, today, I want Jesus Christ to be the King and the Lord of my life. I just want you to slip your hand up and leave it up until I see it all across this room. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee, we have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. 
And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.